Hello and welcome to yet another Let's Talk version. I am, as always, joined by Dan. Hey there, Dan. How are you? What a buddy and how's it going? Glad to be here with you. Life is wonderful and glad to be right now with this Let's Talk on the go. Love to hear that, man. I love your energy. I love your enthusiasm as always. It's going to be it's going to be really good. I hope uh, I hope you're well. How's uh, how's life going for you? Life for the time being actually is very nice. Um, we we're trying to do uh, a lot of new projects that we're engaged in right now. And quite frankly, usually at this time, because we're approaching the uh, New Year's Eve. And as you know, this time is not the best time to start new projects. So when I heard some ideas, I was like, dude, are you freaking kidding me? And that's uh, basically a serious challenge. The other point that I have right now is about my upcoming book, which is probably going to take uh, another additional three months to finish, which means hopefully we're going to actually go for the publishing of the book uh, around I'm, my plan by the time, given the fact that we have uh, still finished the book, hopefully we can actually publish uh, the book uh, by late, uh, I'm guessing hopefully late April early May uh, of 2019. That's, that's our current plan. So we're working on that as well on a daily basis. But as you know, I'm an extrovert. So writing books takes a lot longer than let's say an introvert can sit for hours because my writing sessions usually are no more than 45 minutes to one hour top. Other than that, uh, I just uh, literally can't sit for like hours and hours and hours and write like most of these writers. Good for them, uh, difficult for me in this regard. So we're working on all of those things. And we'll do our best. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, you, Bujis, can actually write a lot longer than I can, right? I think I would be able to sit for much longer, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I You I, do I saw... math and physics and all that stuff, dude. I mean, I've seen some of the, those formulas you put on your Instagram sometimes. It's crazy, right. man. Yeah, so, so, I, on, so you have the extrovert problem. I have another problem, and I'm, I'm a very mobile person. So if I'm, if I'm about to learn something or be creative or create something, or basically don't uh, not, not anything that is not menial and it requires relatively uh, significant amount of cognitive processing i would uh, do it much better on a on a better level if i'm if i have some sort of movement it could be simple the simplest one and the best one i have found is just literally walking so if i'm if i'm reading something or learning something textbook or whatever the best optimal position uh, situation usually for me is to actually be walking and studying or something like that I yeah, hope I, I, you're not walking and talking right now because if there's a manhole around, <laughs> you're going to freaking fall into it, right? And like, hey, it's so damn low. You're going to fall or something, it, right? Interestingly enough, I am uh, uh, walking and talking, but but very, like, it's not it's not walking, like, uh, across the street or something. It's just, like, going back and forth in that short, short path. <laughs> All right. So no, no manhole and uh, no, no manhole in sight. No, no, no. It's it's yes, it's yes. a repetitive path, and it's I, I've been walking this path a few times right now. So if if anything were to happen, it would have happened. Are so. you indoors <laughs> or outdoors, by the way? Uh, I am sort of in 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 between. It's it's basically indoors, but but on the verge of being outdoors. <laughs> Dude, you guys are crazy. Yeah, I'm on the verge of indoors. Uh, this is like the fourth dimension of the indoors and outdoors. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so, so buddy, uh, let's, uh, let's get started right now with the show. What's the topic right. today? I'm actually curious. Yeah, or well, uh, by the way, before I actually get to that, um, how how thick is the book that you're right? Like how how actually, much? Actually, uh, I prefer books because my first book is going to be, you know, of course, uh, about uh, foreign language learning, and the title is called uh, uh, Polyglot, uh, the Polyglot Guidebook: How to Speak Foreign Languages. So 
I generally don't like guide books to be long, and uh, this is going to be a very uh, similar book in terms of its application to Eat That Frog. So I want to keep it uh, as short as possible, and I do, I'm not going to go anything above 100, 150 right. pages, because first of all, I want this book to be a guidebook, an applicable source of information. And secondly, I want the book to actually uh, be re uh, you know, readable by the masses who are not into reading so much. I mean, you and I, we read a lot, and we finish books after books all the time, but most people these days, I understand, are not into reading, and reading a book for like hundreds and hundreds of pages is probably not a good start for me personally. Yeah. Secondly, yeah. I just don't like to sit and write for hours because, uh, frankly speaking, I like to get to the point as soon as possible. So for now, so far, we have uh, written about 80 pages and we got another 40 to uh, 50 pages uh, to finish the book. But my goal right now is somewhere between 100 uh, to 150, an average of 120 pages, because I also have the audiobooks included in this uh, basically book. So this means that uh, I have to narrate the book as well. And I don't want the audience to like listen for hours and hours. So I'm thinking like some like the, you know, eat that frog size, about 100, uh, 120 pages would be great, I think. Awesome. Okay, so that sounds good. Actually, so, so the topic today is actually about languages. Uh, we're going to talk about, well, the, the reason I wanted to talk about languages is it's really fascinating, fascinating to me what you're doing with languages and you're learning so many languages. And so, so how many languages do you know uh, conversationally to any degree? Well, let's be honest. When I say knowing a language, that's one of the problems I have. Because right. uh, if you're talking about like touching a language and understanding a language and uh, getting it, of course, uh, you can just uh, learn a couple of phrases and say, I know Spanish, right? So quite frankly, I've always said the same well, yeah. thing. I only speak one language, and that's English. And I literally babble in the other language that I personally know. Okay, so what are the, how of, many languages uh, babble? <laughs> that's right. In, in terms of babbling, I think I, I can say about uh, seven or eight, basically. Uh, my major uh, languages, of course, that I focus on so expensive. much are, are Russian, French, and Mandarin Chinese. These are the languages that I study regularly. That is, right. these are the languages that I use the method of immersion. Russian, of course, is a daily study, so I study Russian every single day. And uh, If I have no time, then hopefully after work, I just spend a couple of hours just reading certain material. I study Mandarin Chinese uh, uh, basically once uh, a week, and of course I study French as well once a week. But I do different techniques, which I'm actually I'm going to cover in my book later on, which is about assigning different tasks and giving your tasks a personality for each language. For example, when it comes to, let's say, watching movies, I have been off of Hollywood for almost probably six years now, I guess. It's, it's been a, almost six years where I have not watched a single oh. Hollywood movie because First, I actually started watching movies in Russian to improve my Russian and reach a level uh, basically that I wanted, which at that time was uh, B2. Uh, and now, basically, uh, only watch movies in Mandarin Chinese. And I use the app Yuku to basically stream movies for free with subtitles in Mandarin Chinese as well as English. And I play video games uh, only in French these days. So I have certain tasks that I do only in one language. And I do not allow myself to do that in other languages. So right now, reading, for example, paper books is done only in Russian. Watching movies is done only in Mandarin. And, of course, playing video games is done only in French. So I do not allow, for example, if there's a, right now there's a great game come out recently called Red Dead Redemption. But unfortunately, this game does not have a French version. And I am not going to play that game. I don't care how oh, great wow. that game is. I love that game. Since it has no... It's it's a, it's one of the best games ever. Like literally, it's like one of the best I games ever. Yeah. I, I actually um, haven't played the second one, but yeah, the first one I really liked it. 
And yeah. But the fact of the matter is because I play video games primarily to learn languages. So even though I like the game, I do not allow myself to actually uh, play that game. So I stick with games that do have a full French version that is French audio and French subtitles. And these three languages are languages that I actually study primarily. Of course, I do know a few other languages, uh, the bits, bits and pieces here and there. Uh, things like, for example, German or Spanish or Polish or whatever. But these are not languages that I actually study very deeply. And uh, I, for, for the time being, my goal is to actually reach C1 uh, in both French and uh, basically Mandarin Chinese. And that's going to take, uh, I'm guessing, at least two or three years. So after that, hopefully I'll move on to the languages as well. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. And so, one question though: Why? Why do you like to learn or care to learn languages? And what's the goal of, of all of this? Well, first of all, it's primarily about lifestyle because, as you know, I work in international business. So, uh, when you know the language of a country, this really changes everything. For example, let's say you want to make some purchases uh, from Alibaba. Let's say there are some great. Uh, recently, I, we had a great uh, opportunity to purchase some uh, material, some electronics from China and sell those in Russia at a very, very good rate. Like we're talking about like 20%, 20 times more expensive, like that level. Like you can buy, for example, certain sports costumes uh, in China and then price them 20 times higher and sell them in Moscow, for example, right? So when you uh, have this kind of approach, if you want to deal with such traders, uh, then you have no choice but to use Mandarin Chinese. And a lot of the typical traders they just use Google Translate, right? So they just text it like in English or whatever, and then you translate to, to use the Google Translate to actually go for the you know Mandarin text because most of these uh, suppliers do not speak good English. As uh, as you, if you work in Eng in business, you understand that these guys don't know shit in, in English really. So that's for the business side of it. Of course, I also am uh, an investor in Russia, so uh, there's a business side to it. But more than that, it's really a passion that I've always had. You know, I have always been a let's call it an anthropological person in that I've always been interested in understanding other cultures and other people from different nations, especially the nations that are not quite popular in the West. Think, for example, Russia, which a lot of Americans are afraid. I mean, they think like, uh, I remember once I told one of my friends, I'm going to you know, establish a company in Russia. It's like, dude, in Russia, these guys like have tanks and bears running on the streets of Moscow. Like people like have those weird, stupid. <laughs> yeah, ideas. the perceptions are really <laughs> off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's completely bullshit. Like, it's a very wonderful place. I love Moscow, and so I've always been a fan of discovering new cultures because for me, language isn't just a means of transferring information. It's means of looking at the world in a very, very different way. And because of this passion that I've always had, I've I actually liked the idea of working in different countries. For example, teaching English and doing other stuff at a very young age. And uh, over time, I actually started to get into other businesses uh, around the world. And this allowed me to actually develop my passion and interest in learning foreign languages, which for me now is a great passion. And I pursue it very uh, basically uh, with full of passion and energy because I love it so much. Other than that, of course, I, I'm a huge fan of growth and more importantly, challenge. I don't know about you, but I love being challenged. And I don't think of anything more challenging than, than having to see the world from different angles and different perspectives. And more importantly, it's a great cognitive challenge. Learning a foreign language is not an easy task. I mean, you know it much better than I do, actually. This is not an easy task. So I love that little bit of challenge and yeah. difficulty that yeah. comes with it because I really think of learning a foreign language in a way that is uh, like uh, lifting weights at a gym. Very slowly, you got to stick with it on, on a long-term basis. You can't take breaks. If you go and come back after two weeks, I mean, literally, if you go to the gym 
and then you, let's say, go for a couple of se- uh, training sessions and, and then stop training for like two weeks. You're going to lose all the muscles. The exact same thing applies to learning foreign languages. If you learn for a while, then you stop. Of course, your level will come down. So I really see so much similarity between fitness uh, and bodybuilding and learning foreign languages. And since I'm a huge fan of fitness and bodybuilding, I also find the exact same uh, you know, psychological inclination being satisfied basically by learning foreign languages. So I, I think of learning languages as literally lifting weight for the brain. Yeah, that's quite that's quite awesome, uh, and, and I agree with you. It's uh, first of all on the challenge, yes, but the ch- well, you, you had a lot of other stuff to back it up. But the, the mere factor that you wanted to be challenged, you can be challenged on so many levels, so so many different things. But you had a lot of good other stuff to, to cover why this particular challenge is actually more interesting to you in a sense, or or perhaps even necessary. Uh, having uh, you been doing uh, you know international business and all that. So that makes a lot of sense. But uh, so so you you mentioned and I agree with you on this, uh, you know, knowing other languages, basically being a means of understanding uh, another worldview in a sense. And can you share a little bit of that? So, for example, with I don't know, whichever you want to you want to use French or Russian or Mandarin or whichever. Like, what does this mean to somebody who has not ever experienced this? Like, what, well, what is that's the biggest problem? Uh, I, I don't. I think, uh, of course, you're now in Canada. I think most Canadians are at least bilingual, like they know English and French. Well, yeah, they're t- they're the supposed to be right at now, least. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But think of like the U.S., where I've heard up to forty percent of the population haven't even applied for a friggin' passport, and that's a disaster. Think about it. like. 40% of the population have not left the American border. Can you imagine their whole lives? That's just a disaster, really, from my perspective. These right, are all, by right. the way, all, I'm pretty sure they all voted for Trump, all of these idiots. They all voted for Trump, I'm pretty sure. But the thing is this, uh, from my perspective, when it comes to uh, living a life of understanding and independence, you need to uh, somehow, from my perspective, you need to understand that your culture is made up and it is arbitrary and if you want to understand the depth of uh, basically life itself, you cannot access it if you only see the world through the glance of your culture and your mother tongue. And for me personally, I've always been an independent thinker. I like to create my own worldview and my own rules for life. And I cannot do that if I am limited to just one culture. So for me, it isn't so much the language as it is the culture that I'm interested in because I really believe that if you want to access the culture, you need the language. You cannot. I mean, there are a lot of tourists, of course. Uh, right now, there's a great, huge tourism industry about this. So you go around, you look at the monuments. Oh, I just been to Spain. I understand Spain. You don't know shit about Spain. Oh, I just traveled to Japan, and there was a lot of great things. I saw it, and I come back after three days. Yeah, of course. You learn about the you know, deep Japanese culture in three days of visits. Just give me a break. So I... From my perspective, if you want to understand the culture, you have no way but to learn that language because that uh, culture is conveyed through that language. And because of this, for me, uh, first and foremost, it's about understanding how different people from around the world think and then create my own, basically, culture. I not long ago put a video on social media about this concept of creating your own international culture by combining the best aspects of different cultures. And... Because of this, I'm so much into uh, basically learning different languages, even though I don't need it. I mean, let's be honest, I do not really need uh, to be super fluent in Mandarin or French or whatever, because uh, English is well-spoken everywhere these days. However, for me personally, 
I do it first and foremost for the sake of understanding, you know, getting and somehow fathoming the culture that uh, each language uh, carries with itself. And of course, secondly, it's a far better way of building rapport with others uh, in terms of your personal or professional relationships. If you are on a, let's say, on a, in a meeting or on a date with a person of uh, another nation or nationality and you speak English, then all of that experience now is being processed by the conscious mind of that person. So I'm right now uh, at a meeting or on a date, and I am basically from a gentleman or lady from, let's say, Germany or from Italy or whatever, and we're speaking in English. At this time, that person's brain is using the, you know, the conscious processes and the conscious mind to handle this conversation. And when you're contacting people and you're dealing with them with their conscious mind, then you cannot reach their emotions, which I've actually not long ago realized that when it comes to actually building relationships, uh, business contacts, or even influencing other people, it is much better and easier to influence others in their mother tongue than it is to influence them in their in a foreign language. So because of that factor, as you know, in business, influence is a serious factor and you want to be liked and it will influence your uh, basically uh, audience. I realized that anytime I think of like the deals that I had in English, let's say my business uh, plans in English versus my business uh, plans in Russian or in Mandarin, when you even show a little bit, I remember uh, this was about five or six years ago where I had a guest from China and uh, her name, her English name was Maple. Uh, and uh, she came with basically her boss wow. and we were talking at first in English. And at that time, my knowledge of uh, basically Mandarin was very limited to just a few words. And I remember the moment I just opened my uh, mouth and said some you know silly things in Mandarin, and then we talked about the tonality of language. I mean, you have to see the you know the the light on, on on that woman's eyes. It was like, wow, this guy, come on! And like we had a great connection, and it was a very very successful meeting. Actually, we got we got the deal, we signed everything. So the point is this: uh, the second reason for me that I really love learning languages is to be able to reach people and to connect with uh, people of different nationalities without the shield and the barrier that is the foreign language. And being able to communicate with them on a subconscious level, which is a huge and important concept in NLP, as well as uh, basically in business negotiations, you want to reach them on a subconscious level. And for that, you definitely need to know their mother tongue. Because when people speak and use their mother tongue, they are not using their conscious mind so much as they're using their subconscious mind. And because of this, any conversation that you have with uh, a member of another nation in their mother tongue, you are using your conscious mind, but they are using their subconscious mind. And that will give you a huge advantage when it comes to influence as well as building rapport. That's, uh, that's actually amazing. That's really interesting. I never thought about the concept of when you're talking to somebody who's using their second language or the language that they learned, they're actually very conscious about it. You're perhaps right. I mean, again, I never of thought about it. Of course, it depends it. on the level of fluency. I mean, for example, right, yeah. someone who has uh. already mastered English, well, for that person, of course, English becomes like another language. So for them, they're also right. using their uh, subconscious uh, apparatus to speak the language. But we're talking about most cases around the world where people have not mastered English. Then right. when they're speaking English and they're talking to you in, in the English language, then of course they're using their subconscious, their, their conscious mind. And there's a lot of barrier uh, between you two, which makes, uh, makes it a lot harder to influence them. Right. Um, fair enough. And uh, so do you, so I, I know for a fact that you have these language immersion sessions that you basically, uh, you know, immerse yourself in one language, say, I don't know, Russian, French, whatever. And then 
you just do whatever you do in that particular language and you don't want any interruption from outside world. Exactly. Uh, right. Not outside so, world, in other languages. No, no, yeah, yeah. No, I meant from the outside world in, in other languages into your world, basically. Exactly. So you're creating a little, say, French language world for, for a period of time. Exactly. That may that be one day or half a day or five hours or whatever that, that, that may be. So, so uh, first of all, can you explain that method? And secondly, uh, what methods would you suggest? Maybe this is the one, actually. If you were to suggest one method to somebody who's trying to learn a new language or build on the language that they already learned, uh, what would that be? Well, of course, I will cover this in extents, uh, basically, in my upcoming book, uh, which actually, uh, in that book, I just uh, discussed the Mulgan method. And what the Mulgan method is, the Mulgan method has three stages. The stage of parrot, the stage of actor, and the stage of fluent speaker. And the first two stages are dedicated to what, what I call linguistic, uh, basically, incubation, where you, are, you literally learn the language like a child. But of course, my method of language learning, the Mulgan method, actually takes a bit longer than average. And uh, more importantly, it is not as easy as most other typical methods, like the audiolingual method uh, or the Pimsleur method. But the thing is this, uh, what makes uh, the Mulgan method a bit more, more unique than the others is that its focus is on acquiring high levels of accuracy and fluency. Because these two are very different. You could be very fluent in a foreign language, but use shitty grammar rules and uh, have a very limited knowledge of basically vocabulary. I've always been a huge fan of mastery. That's why when you asked me, Dan, how many languages, I said I don't like to say I speak a lot of languages because I really don't. I mean, if, if it comes to, when it comes to like really getting a language, I only consider mastery to be a great uh, way to say I speak a foreign language, right? So with that being said, I really think I only speak maybe English and Russian perhaps because I put a lot of time into, in, into Russian. Uh, and English, of course, is my mother tongue. It's a different story. But the thing is this, uh, I really believe in mastery. I really believe in getting to the bottom of the root of that language and being so fluent that you do not feel that you're speaking a foreign language to the point where that language becomes your own. And because of this, the Mulgan method is about this. It's about being able to reach a high level of fluency and accuracy and not so much so about how fast you learn or how fun the learning experience is. And the reason that I prefer immersion over others is because the very best learners that I know, I mean, I've had many students who, who learn different languages with my help. Of course, they were themselves quite intelligent. But the very best learners of language that I know, the very top, my very best students ever, were people who used the method of immersion, many of whom did not ever attend official classes or had textbooks or whatever it is, and they were immersed in that world. Of course, in the book, I explained uh, about their psychology because a lot of these students have a very uh, eccentric psychological makeup that makes them somehow great language learners. But generally speaking, immersion allows you to uh, absorb the language the way a child does, which substantially improves the quality of your learning. Of course, it takes a lot more time and energy, but it is a lot more effective. Secondly, as I already mentioned, there's a huge benefit to immersion, and that is about the cultural uh, aspect of it. Because when you're immersed in a foreign language, it is no longer just a means of information. So what is hello, how are you in this language? That's no longer so much digital information as it is uh, cultural information, because then you have to immerse yourself in the culture and the music and the, even in the food of that language uh, that will allow you to fully grasp that culture, which is why I love immersion. But more importantly, I'm a male learner, let's be honest. Uh, most women, as you know, are great at multitasking. I'm not one of them. And anytime I want to switch between languages, I need a lot of warm-up time. Like, 
if I'm right now, for example, speaking in, let's say, Russian, and a French guy jumps in, I cannot have a good conversation. I literally have to warm up for at least five or ten minutes before I can actually start talking. And guess what happens when I start talking in French? What, what, what happens? My Russian then suffers, and it's going to take a long oh. time to get back to Russian. <laughs> oh, I so see what you mean. I'm okay, a male learner, and uh, we're not good at Generally, a male learner is not a very a multitasker, and we're not very good at switching between languages. Women, however, are much better. But in contrast, when you look at it, most men generally learn a language much better than women do in terms of their level of accuracy, which is their pronunciation, accent, style, and overall expression. So there's like a catch in here. So we cannot switch as easily like ladies do. But generally, if guys put their energy into it, that focus will pay off in terms of higher levels of proficiency. All right, fair enough. Um, OK, so we're a little bit on a shortage of time, so I want to basically give you the chance to like we covered a lot, but I don't know if we've covered everything you wanted to talk about. So is there anything that you want to finalize with basically? Well, you see, you earlier asked me how a language changes you and how, how a language will actually change your culture. Uh, I really believe that a language isn't just a means of communication. It's also a means of looking at the world. For example, uh, in oh, the nice. English language, we do not have the concept. I mean, I, I was very surprised when I first realized that uh, almost all languages out there have a formal U and an informal U. In most languages, we have this. Whereas in English, this is non-existent, right? On the other hand, we have a lot of gender rules in many languages. For example, ever since I learned Russian, I literally, for me, uh, what is masculine and what is feminine makes a lot more sense. So. I under understand gender roles a lot better. Whereas if you are just an English speaker, you have no concept of a man saying, for example, in, in Russian language, if I say I went to a place as a man, this is uh, said differently than if a woman says I went to a place, like the verbs conjugate differently. And this for me is a great way like, dude, come on, like, how is it possible? Like when, when a man speaks differently than a woman in terms of their actions, right? And this somehow allows you to see the world from a perspective that is not possible in any way if you're just speaking English. So because of these things, I'm a huge fan of using languages as a means of looking at the world differently and trying to expand your vision to be able to uh, understand. And now this doesn't mean that I'm all, in, in, in most cases, I'm not necessarily in favor of very strict gender roles, like uh, the woman should stay at home. And right, just go. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm not going to say that I'm a fan of it, nor do I necessarily endorse it. But this is just, I think this is like one of the best educational experiences where he's like, dude, these people literally look at the whole world differently. Like the Germans, for example. Right, right. Uh, most Germans are very famous for being well-organized, uh, basically action-oriented, and they get the job done. I mean, look at the German language. It's very action oriented and like verbs come first. Like you can look at the grammar of German language. And by looking at the grammar of the German language, you can actually imagine like why Germ Germany is now such a successful economy in Europe. Because uh, like even by the positions of the verbs and the nouns they place in their word, in their sentences. So because of this, I'm a huge fan of using languages as a means of getting to the bottom of the culture and understanding what it really is all about in order to understand the world better. And I think that's one of the best forms of education which is why I highly recommend anyone who is right now a uh, monoglot to become a polyglot and actually start learning at least one foreign language in their free time because this will really change their entire destiny. 
That is quite amazing. And uh, I mean, I, I, I'm sure we're going to learn a lot more once your book comes out and we get to read it. And there's going to be lots of more content covered from techniques to, you know, different stuff. So I can't wait. But I promise I all wait. the listeners that we keep the book as short as possible because I know that most people who generally, that's what I realized, most language learners are not into reading so much as they're into watching okay. TVs and movies and whatever it is. Again, I've done a lot of research about this matter. The majority of the top learners are into TV series and movies, mm. not so much in reading. Uh, but so my book will not be so long. Don't worry about it. It'll be 100, 120 pages maximum. And I'll keep it as short and as concise as possible. That, that's great. And keep us updated on uh, how the progress is going and when it's going to come out. And uh, I'm going to have to uh, let you go. Thank you again for joining us, Dan. It is my pleasure, buddy. As always, a pleasure to be here with you talking about great stuff. Same, same. And as always, I am very happy to have been here with you guys. And I'm happy that you joined us for another episode. Until a later episode, have a good one.